today on the Tearsheet Podcast. So when people say, okay, well, how is identity likely to progress, digital identity likely to progress? All I say is, look at how payments progressed over the last 20 years, and they'll tell you how identity will progress over the next five years, just to compress the time frame because of technology. The following was produced by Tearsheet Studios. We worked with consulting firm Ulysses Partners to create a four-part series on identity proofing and the importance of user experience in its emerging landscape. The series is based on our co-created guide, the Identity Proofing Guide, a practical hands-on review of user experience in leading solutions. In this session, I'm joined by David Milligan, Managing Partner at Ulysses Partners, and Ashim Banerjee, Founder and CEO of ID Mission. We'll be talking about the role of identity proofing in financial services at the moment, how an FI can measure success when it comes to identity proofing, and where identity verification fits in the payment space. So uh, I'm David Milligan, and I head up a boutique consulting firm called Ulysses Partners. We work with mid-sized banks and other financial institutions and well-established fintechs around the world um, to help them work together for digital transformation. I've been working with fintech firms and in the banking space for over 20 years um, and uh, have worked with literally hundreds of financial service organizations and thousands of fintechs around the world. Um, and very excited to be here today to talk about identity. Welcome. And Ashim, can you um, talk about who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Ashim Banerjee. I'm the founder and CEO of ID Mission. Uh, and before ID Mission, uh, I was part of a fintech uh, startup uh, that was acquired by TSIS. So I've been in payments for many, many years. And uh, for the last few years, we've uh, sort of tried to look at the convergence of payments and identity. So in our, our last conversation, we talked about um, identity proofing in general um, and some of the trade-offs between identity proofing and, and user experience. I'd love to hear what the role of identity proofing in financial services is right now. Can you give us a lay of the land? So I, I think, let me just start off um, by saying that you know, identity proofing is critical as we've talked about in a previous session. Um, it's, it's most important um, to be able to prove who we say we are during the payments process. And I think that in financial services, what we've observed is that um, with the incredible growth of uptake in digital channels, particularly spurred in the US by the pandemic and, and other markets, is we've seen incredibly rapid adoptions of digital onboarding, um, forced really by the circumstances, by financial institutions, particularly in the US, and in the course of doing that, what we saw was a rampant uptake in fraud. Um, research that we've, saw, we, we've looked at from other providers includes you know, things like nearly 40% of US consumers in 2020 reported experiencing some sort of identity fraud, identity theft. Um, so you know, the reason that's happening is identity proofing um, hasn't been addressed in a very robust way um, and in some cases, and so also what we've seen is that, you know, in the rush to get something in place, the identity proofing uh, solutions that have been chosen um, have not always been the ones that are using the newest technologies and providing the best user experience. Um, so we think that, you know, uh, identity proofing is critical. And we also believe that the use of biometrics in identity proofing is really the gold standard um, uh, document-based identity verification. 
Um, and in the survey that we did of solutions across the market, and we chose the top six that we found, including ones using the newest technologies, we found that you know, the experience, the user experience of doing identity proofing has evolved so much that in fact, organizations need to look at this again and be sure that they're using the best solutions. And in fact, um, ID Mission in our recent survey and our, our research and evaluation came up as the top ranked solution in terms of user experience, which is really why Ashim is with us here today. Yeah, thank you, David. I, I'll just add that uh, identity itself is something that needs to be established, not just at the time of account opening or onboarding, but all through the customer's life cycle, right? The customer has a life cycle and similarly at each touch point in that life cycle, identity needs to be established. So certainly during account opening, but then what about uh, when, I'm, when I'm transacting, right? So today I have to use login and password or something like that on a website or a, on a mobile device. Mm. Uh, why not just use my selfie that I, that I submitted at the time of uh, account opening? When I call in for help, uh, they ask me, you know, uh, what city did you live in in 1998 and all that kind of stuff. Uh, wouldn't it be much better to just take a voice sample and uh, authenticate me using my voice? So this uh, sort of idea that uh, the experience over the life cycle is fragmented and uh, that can be easily unified using the same biometrics that you collected at the time of ID proofing mm. uh, really makes the experience uh, significantly yeah. better. Yeah. While at the same time uh, making security better as well. Yeah. I, in fact, um, just you know, building on that a little bit, I the there's been a little bit of sort of, you know, debate, I think, recently in the public sphere uh, around biometrics and, and uh, you know, and, and the use of biometrics, particularly when it comes to accessing government services. Um, and I think it's very important for us to understand that, you know, um, using biometrics, firstly, isn't a new phenomenon. You know, you could argue that, in fact, the same way that a bank sort of collects someone's signature in the previous, in, you know, when people are using checks and signature cards, a signature is really a crude form of biometric. And it's something that you're checking against in, in case of need. Now, what's happening is, you know, our, our need to check and verify the identity of people at different points is becoming greater and greater as we have more fraud, more bad actors, you know, it's just become much more complex. And so um, in that complex space, we need to use the very best technology and approaches to proving someone's identity at the time that they sign up for a service and to be able to verify their identity at the time that they authenticate. And um, it's, it's uh, really important not to, uh, the English of a phrase, throw out the baby with the bathwater, uh, you know, where you're saying, um, don't let debate around how governments may use biometrics obscure the fact that, you know, as individuals, we have a right to be able to go to an organization, sign up for their services, and have them take the best possible steps to protect us when using their services. And similarly, when we no longer use their services, we should have the right, you know, for that to be forgotten, as they say in the in European markets. But, you know, in the old analogy, when we close our bank account, the bank should tear up our signature card, you know, that, that's, uh, and the same kind of things can uh, be used today. Anyway, we'll talk more about that as we go along. So, so I have, I have a curiosity. I'm curious around how, um, how you guys would recommend um, a financial institution uh, to measure the success when it comes to identity proofing, um, maybe to also help us understand some, what the trade-offs are. 
Yeah, I think uh, in the previous uh, talk, uh, Ruby Walia talked about this extensively. And the idea is that the user experience is what ends up in creating metrics that are of value to the bank, right? The whole idea of using uh, a sign-up process uh, is that you should be able to get more and more people to sign up easily, conveniently, and securely, right? So uh, using the right digital identity proofing processes and using them in a way that they're integrated seamlessly with the rest of your onboarding process will result in larger numbers of people signing up in shorter amounts of time, uh, larger numbers of people saying that they enjoyed doing it rather than, you know, uh, having to fill up lots of forms by hand and things like that. Mm -hmm. And fewer number of people abandoning the process halfway through. So all of these are actually direct metrics into, into what the banks or what the financial institutions or what the consumers of digital identity are looking for. I think just, you know, again, building on that, the, the, what we've seen is that you know the people um, uh, financially should focus on metrics like you know what is the false positive rate or the false negative rate, which we've all become much more familiar with than we used to be, in, uh, thanks to you know COVID testing. Um, but uh, yeah, in fact, that perhaps is no longer the right measure for financial institutions to be able to solely. It's it's absolutely a component, but you know there are actually more nuanced approaches to this. So. You know, it's not about getting the most accurate model. It's about saying, well, what is the what are you trying to achieve here? What mm -hmm. is this particular transaction about? And given depending on the nature of the transaction, what you're trying to achieve determines which metrics actually matter most. I know, Ashim, you have some sort of yeah, high level yeah. thoughts on that. Yeah, these days, when you talk about uh, identity and identity proofing, a lot of companies are using newer technologies such as machine machine learning and artificial intelligence. So the question really becomes. How do I know the performance I should expect from my machine learning models, for example? And uh, accuracy is really often considered as the sort of uh, benchmark, but accuracy is actually the least useful model depending on your user use case, right? So if you're, if, if you're trying to prevent fraud, in other words, a false positive uh, is, is something that you're really, really interested in then there is a me different measure of how the model performs with respect to false positives, which is called precision. I mean, how, how, uh, how well does your, does your model behave in being able to reduce false positives? If false negatives are of great importance, then there's a different metric altogether, which is called recall. So I mean, there's a little bit of jargon here, but uh, the point is that accuracy in itself gives you a small part of the picture. And there are other metrics created by machine learning by data scientists to be able to tell you what part or how the model will perform for your business case. So I think it's it's uh, important that uh, consumers, that business people, et cetera, uh, yeah. try to spend a little bit of time understanding the different metrics that become relevant in machine learning before mm -hmm. they decide on which model is likely to work for them. I appreciate the, that distinction. Um, I want to drill down further into, into payments and talk about how identity, verif identity of verif verification is situated in the payment space um, and within the sort of various niche payments. So, I mean, you know, ultimately, um, you know, identity matters most in different contexts, like uh, Ashim was talking about, and it's uh, payments is, you know, one of those moments of truth. Um, so, if you think about, again, the, the world of payments, 
Um, you know, as things have evolved, so we went from having checks, writing out the check, checking the signature on the check, um, then look at the world of credit cards, which started similarly with, you know, while we're signing and here in the United States, they're still apparently checking a signature. Um, but in other parts of the world, you know, they moved on to things like using a pin, you know, entering this. So that gets into, if you step back very quickly, identity verification triad, if you like, is about, you know, there's knowledge based, you know, something, you know, the password that you've typed in the pin, um, something that you have, which is like a fob, a keychain, or most commonly we have our mobile phone and we receive some sort of a text code that comes back. So that's proving you have that object. And then ultimately there's the something you are, which is the biometric piece of it. Now, um, you know, in the same way that evolution of, of asserting your idea of time of payments in the online world. Now, when we're making a credit card payment online, people are typing in that CVV, which is again, trying to say it's something I have. But in fact, you can know that number and not have the card. So as we found that we needed better and more secure ways to prove our identities and, ver and assert our identity, um, so new technology to come into place. And we think that in the world of identity and payments, you know, the latest sort of thing is to say, well, how, you know, what are the other parallels? How else are we asserting identity and payments that we can use in the world of identity? And Ashim, I know you have some thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. So as I said in my introduction, uh, my experience is kind of the overlap of payments and identity. I, I, I used to be part of a large payment company that acquired a previous startup I was with, and, and now we are focused on identity. And it's only natural to, to say that, okay, let's, identity today, we think of it, identity is the oldest thing, right? I mean, ever since Adam and Eve, uh, they've been, they were able to look at each other and identify each other. So it's, it's really the oldest thing uh, around, but modern uses of identity are, are, are interesting. So when people say, okay, well, how is identity likely to progress, digital identity likely to progress? All I say is, look at how payments progressed over the last 20 years, and they'll tell you how identity will progress over the next five years, just to compress the time frame because of technology, right? So uh, how has payments progressed? Payments has progressed from exchanging uh, physical tokens uh, as, as guarantors of payment, either as cash, check, et cetera, to card-based payments, and then to the idea of a tokenized payment where, where the card number, because of security reasons, is never actually exchanged, only a token is exchanged. And uh, one can easily see identity progressing in exactly the same way. In fact, I would go so far as to say it's likely that your face or your biometric becomes a token, not just of your identity, but also of your payment, right? It, it's not hard to imagine that if you walk up to uh, a Safeway or a Whole Foods or whatever, and instead of tapping your card to complete the payment, uh, you know, you, there, there's, a, there's a tablet there, in, the camera recognizes you, the payment device is hidden behind your face and the payment just happens as you walk through. We are actually doing this today with several customers uh, who are trying to create this experience, right? The user experience of magic. And that, that's what it all boils down to, right? So imagine you are at, at uh, uh, I don't know, a Boston Celtics game or something. And uh, uh, during halftime, you go off to get yourself a drink. And, you know, instead of having him standing in line, you go to a bar, which is completely self-service. Uh, as you walk up there, the camera recognizes you and uh, allows you to pick your mixed drink, pours your drink, and you walk away. And mm. uh, this is exactly a, a company, a good company that we are working with called Tended Bar that is doing exactly this experience. So I think that is where we expect to see more and more of the magic 
happening yeah. with the magic being possible because of identity being established through a biometric. And I mean, I would also though want to add to that to say that, yeah, so people have, um, you know, maybe like sensitive to this idea of a biometric and, and uh, but, but you need to think about it clearly in saying that, you know, um, as long as we communicate properly around this and that there are established rules, I mentioned earlier this idea of if you close your bank account, you, the, you know, the bank needs to close your account and get rid of your signature card. The same kind of transparency needs to be applied as this industry evolves. In other words, you know, right now um, we are signing up with services. They are proving our identity in the best way possible by saying, you know, here's my government issued ID, whatever it is, passport, driver's license, and this is my selfie and matching these two. Um, and it's really important that um, that information can be used to create these magical experiences. Um, but you know, the idea of um, using your biometric to prove your identity at the moment where you want it. It's like, you know, entering in your details or making a payment to an Uber and you step out of the Uber, you've pre-authorized that to happen. And if you no longer want to use Uber, you can remove your authority to do that. And so, you know, that's how biometrics should be working. And people often sort of confuse biometrics at the point of getting a service with passive facial recognition uh, which is the domain of governments. That's what it must not be. We need to make sure that the industry communicates as a whole around how can we use biometrics in the most transparent and clear way and that people have a right to have their biometric information removed. So it must be, you know, service provider by service provider. Well, I'm going to take with me the, uh, the magic of identity proofing and the magic of payments when it's done right. Um, David Ashim, thank you very much for joining us today. This was David Milligan and Ashim Banerjee in conversation about where identity proofing is situated in financial services today and how an FI can measure their success in this parameter. This is part two of a four-part series we've created with Ulysses Partners on identity proofing. To read the transcript of the conversation and download the full identity proofing guide, head on over to the Tearsheet website.